I will spend up to my 42nd birthday single and childless. Wow, how did that happen? I'm Helen Gallagher. This is Happy and Childless, a podcast designed to help you move into your next chapter in life, fulfilling new dreams, finding new passions, and starting to live a fulfilling life again. I'm on this journey too, so we can do this together. I will be speaking with inspirational men and women and asking what happiness looks like to them, sharing tips and techniques which can help us move forward into our next chapter, happy and childless. I'm so excited to announce the Kickstart to Happy and Childless course is now open for registration. It starts on the 8th of Jan, where we'll work together on gaining clarity, creating balance and redefining your story. This is an online course, but more importantly, it involves an introductory call with myself, four one-to-one coaching sessions and ongoing text and email support. All I ask is that you'll put your faith in me and hold on to my unwavering belief in you. Sign up now through the link in podcast description. Welcome back to the third and final episode of this mini-series on grief with Karen Enfield de Vries. On this episode, we talk about our lives today, having transitioned through our own grief journey, and how we manage life's challenges, utilising all we've learned along the way. Hope you enjoy. Karen, welcome back to the third session of Happy and Childless. Hi, Helen, and thanks again for having me. I have thoroughly enjoyed our first two episodes and I can't wait to record this one with you as well. Um, How have you been? Yeah, really good. Thank you. Really good. I'm looking forward to this one. So the previous episode that we've spoken about, just to recap for the listeners. So really, we wanted to pick up on the stages of grief. So the first Mm -hmm. episode was about those early stages and how we can tend to ourselves and look after our emotions and, and just sit in that space and give our time that that time and opportunity to heal, to start mm-hmm. to heal and move forward. And then to the second episode where more of a level of acceptance um, and acknowledgement of our situation, which can lead to openings of, of new opportunities within our lives to create more joy. Um, I think we spoke about that last time. And I guess now where we both are, I think we're both in the same situation. So now, and it's really key to sort of talk about the fact that grief will always, I think, be with us to a degree but it doesn't have to consume us like maybe mm. it did in the early stages and it's really it's true that grief and joy can coexist yeah and so really I just wanted to talk about um that whole thing of like where we are today and you know because we I, I still have I still feel like there are moments where I'm triggered by certain things and mm. you know I still sit and think about what if you know and the fact yeah. that I'm not and I do still have um grief moments but they're not as often they're not daily you know mm. And it's really to think about, you know, how I tap into happiness now or tap into the joy and even though alongside those feelings of grief. And I just really wanted to talk to you about your own situation and how do you do that? Yeah, um, um, thank you for, for for that wonderful introduction. And I'm, I'm listening to you so intensely that I'm kind of trying to kind of order uh, my thoughts at them and kind of put them in order. I think also what you just said, what we've talked about in in the first episode of this series and in the second episode, going from early stages of grief into kind of like how or what does acceptance look like? What does acceptance of grief look like? How do we get beyond, how do we get out from behind the wall that we kind of hide behind her? Because if we get out from behind the wall, we have to show vulnerability. We have to kind of um, 
experiment with new things or kind of like uh, I think I used that seesaw analogy um, mm. the last time as staying in a seat of grief or actually get jumping on the, in, in the other seat uh, of the seesaw and actually look beyond the horizon of, of your grief landscape. And I think what I've learned is that getting through the grieving process is one thing, but allowing myself to feel and live and even just actually experience love and happiness again, that felt like a completely different story altogether. So I think when I came out of my early grief and to kind of explore like, hey, what could life then look like if I, what I've learned is that I, I, I learned to accept that what happened to me was fact and that I mm. accepted that the pain that came with it was forever going to be a part of me. That helped me to kind of move into this kind of letting go of the past, kind of in this in this, this moving forward kind of stage where I'm finding myself still now. I think that I think that's I'll I think I think I'll always kind of feel that I'm in this moving forward phase of mm-hmm. of my grief journey. Because some people say, oh, you know, you just need to move on. Um and like, well, actually Moving on from something that feels too um, definite or uh, too definitive, Mm. moving forward with it, because I think for me, it's important that to acknowledge what you just said as well, that grief and joy can coexist. And uh, I don't want to diminish or or take away from the, the grief experience that I've had because it's brought me so much. But at the same time, like you also just said, I don't. I don't experience the grief on a daily, daily basis as such anymore. And when I do experience grief, I still have those moments that I get triggered, that my childhood grief does flare up. I'm able to hold myself in that moment and I'm able to be really kind and gentle with myself, reach out to either the community or to to friends who get it or to, um, you know, just kind of be really kind and gentle with myself um, where I can actually tap into that that compassion that I've learned to have for myself rather than criticize and punish myself for feeling those griefy feelings, but actually said, you know what, it's okay to feel these feelings and I know how to process them. I know how to handle them. And that's a kind of, and I do believe that healing yourself is really an opening to true happiness because I think letting go of those mental burdens that we carry from the past, I do believe that it, it, has, it has helped me to make my mind become more clearer and more aligned with kind of like the natural flow of life and to kind of open up to those, I don't know, moments and those experiences of happiness again. That's that's where I'm at. Sorry, long-winded answer, but that's no, where I'm at. It's a really beautiful answer, to be fair. Like, I genuinely, I think like that, what you say about feeling, you know, you, we have to feel the feels, don't we? I think mm. one of the things that I think people say, moving on or just get over it or like, you know, this, your grief will pass. I think it's more a case of, for me, that, you know, I do have feelings. I have a range of feelings throughout the day. Yeah. You know, we're on an emotional scale, aren't we? Yeah. And I've got more comfortable with that emotional scale of being, I can be in the one and two. I can feel down. Mm-hmm. I can feel sad and, you know, and look at that. But then what, the, I remember sitting in my car, I'd been in a bank and um, a little baby like smiled at me. This was a while ago and I got really emotional. I remember that this looked like a turning point for me because I was so upset, but I actually sat in the car and I just let myself be upset. But then I knew that that would pass, you know, like that my feeling would elevate again. If yeah. I could just acknowledge it, you know, if I try and ignore it and what's the matter with me? Why am I feeling like this? You know, I'm feeling sad because that was an emotional moment, you know, and I let myself be that way. But then very quickly then, and once I felt that and I felt the feel, I could move forward. And then I was next minute I was in a meeting and I was laughing and joking. And that for me, I remember that day very, very vividly because it was like, wow, I feel like I'm moving forward with this because yeah. 
I feel like I'm managing my own emotions better, not by ignoring them, but acknowledging them, you know? Yeah. And and, 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 re- and really what it sounds like as well, Helen, is that you were able to be really present with them mm. uh, rather than feeling like you've regressed um, into like, oh, I've regressed back into my grief yeah. or anything like that. It's like, no, actually, you know, I'm I'm able to be present with these feelings. They're part of me. So, you know, by, and by acknowledging that, that, that it's okay to have them, I truly believe that that is what helps you also to be able to kind of then step into that meeting where you're able to kind of be also your authentic self eh? sitting in the car and feeling those emotions of being triggered by eh, what the, the, that scene you witness at the bank but then also kind of you know holding yourself in that space be present with it and then move on from that within a, a short time frame so so your recovery time becomes yeah. less i that, that that's what i'm learned that's what i'm learning it's the same as if when you when you're training um you know at, at the gym I, I should go back to the gym a bit more probably i, I i'm that's one you part of the, yeah, that's part of something i would love to do more but it's what they talk about when you say muscle memory or when you're training for an event or when you're training for a marathon i've ran half mm. marathons in the past and i remember running those first couple of miles when i first started training i was like oh my god i'm never going to get to you know get to a full half marathon yeah. but because i kept training i also noticed that and then i, I think i couldn't walk after the first run for a week and then once I've done the full marathon, uh, the full half marathon, I should say, when I finished, yeah, I could feel my body and I, and, I, and I felt achy, but the recovery time was shorter. And I do believe that that's also how our mental recovery yeah. time, we can train that over time. And so with the right help, with the right training, with some exercises, and we talked about journaling, mindfulness, uh, you know, body work, breath work, uh, movement, you know, whatever it helps you to um, keep your brain kind of active in that sense as well i do believe that that is also a really great way to kind of move forward um with that brief and kind of learn how to how to recover from that quicker yeah and one thing that, that came out was a couple of things um reframing and mm. only now you know can i look at this and actually and i wanted to talk openly because this is where i'm at so i just wanted to be completely um, transparent yeah and you know when i look at this situation now and i do really believe that we can reframe situations that happen to us and yep. change the meaning which is attached to those situations. So mm. for me, um, whilst, you know, I obviously always wanted to be a mum and that hasn't happened, um, so much of my situation now, I've reframed it to be something that actually is not necessarily has been a bad thing, which I say now and I can't quite believe these words coming out of my mouth because things like I read a book, Dan Sullivan. I don't know if you've ever read it. Gap in the Gain is it's brilliant, and it and it talks about looking at your situation and measuring your success not on future ideals which haven't happened mm. or that have been maybe created by expectation, but actually looking at where you've come from. You know, so yeah. actually where you've come from and what have you achieved over a period of time. And when I forget about the childlessness for a minute, but look back to five years ago when I was in a really dark place and completely consumed by sadness and grief. And I look at what I have achieved as a person. So what I believe, you know, and I, this really empowers me um, every day when if I have a moment where I need to pick myself up because, you know, what you've been through with the cancer, um, you know, the healing through that, which is a, a massive, massive um, challenge. And then the childlessness, as people, we have grown so much that yeah. without the childlessness, for me, I would never have had to look into my own self as much as I have done and mm. been able to experience the growth as a person 
You yeah. know, so if I look back at myself five years ago and what I've achieved in the last five years, when I look at that, I'm quite proud. I'm quite proud of where I've yeah. been. You know, and so I'm you proud. should be. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like sometimes we we look too much about what's for what we have now that maybe we think we should have and society's expectations. And and maybe if we could like, and what has helped me is by looking at my own success by my own standards and not what other people have set as what I should have in life. I should be a mum. Yeah. I should have my own home. I should have a successful career. I should, you know, and that level of success is different for everybody because whilst I always wanted to be a high flying career woman, you know, money doesn't really motivate me now. You know, you mm. have to have money to be happy to to a level. But, you know, it's about, for me, if I'm helping people, if I'm being my true empathetic self, you know, if I am growing as a person, again, going back to our values, isn't it? Yeah. If we're living by our values, which I am doing more now than I ever have. So actually looking at, and so what this book, Gap and the Gain, is looking at your life from a gain perspective. Mm. You know, it's challenging sometimes when you when you know, obviously we haven't got what we wanted, but looking at what we actually do have and where and how we've created that ourselves, I think can be quite powerful. Oh, absolutely. And I, I really, really, really touched by what you just shared as well. And and I can actually hear the pride that you have for what you've achieved in the last five years. I can hear that in your voice. And I totally share that with you because I, I feel also, I, I feel that sense of pride for you. I've, you know, I've, I've followed your work. I've, I've watched you grow. And I think it's incredible to see where you are now compared to where you were five years ago. And I think, I think, I, and I truly believe that that is something that we, and when I say we, uh, and I'm, I'm talking about people in the childless community, but just just in general, I think that we 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 don't we don't say this often enough. That hey, I'm 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 proud of how far I've come. I'm proud of you know that in the face of adversity, I have managed to find a way through. And what I really loved what you just said as well is that that redefinition, as a redefining what what works for you. And I actually think I'm going to talk look about um, think about what we've been talking about as well as how to have redefine happiness because that sometimes might be so necessary that um and 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 at the same time it might not be feasible um or even advised to try and sometimes we even get advice to try and fill the void and stuff like that but mm-hmm. i do believe that by by finding new things to derive happiness from that's a redefining actually what is it then that makes us happy if i'm mm. not going to be a mum what other pockets are there we, we talked about your matrix there's those nine boxes mm-hmm. what other boxes could i fill that give me that, that same uh, same feeling and so finding new things to derive derive happiness from can be very healthy um, and whether it's the personal fulfillment of accomplishing goals or i you know um, i don't know spend more time with friends and family or um learn to play an instrument I like I said earlier in one of the episodes I used to sing and I stopped singing and then once I went through my healing journey it was actually at a a weekend for childless women I got I I connected with one of the participants and we went out afterwards together after the first day and it was such a transformative day already that I ended up in a in a a pub in London um, at an open mic night singing my heart out for the first time yeah and that was just like me reconnecting with that creative part of me and so kind of redefining happiness again like okay I can actually still enjoy these moments and um you know learning to live to love to be happy again it's hard but it, it but that's exactly what it takes it needs um it, re- it requires an adjustment in our outlook and in our thinking and I think I read a sentence somewhere and I I it really struck with me is that happiness doesn't just happen 
We need to tend to our inner garden. We need to remove the weeds and plant the ripe seeds and then water it and just keep working it, keep digging at it. Some flowers might not flower um, the way you'd hope to. So, okay, then you might need to adjust. So kind of rethink, redefine and kind of redesign things that actually um, give you that those moments of happiness and that you can derive from. And I think for me, by rediscovering, actually maybe not rediscovering, actually just discovering what what else is there except for, uh, 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 next to the grief and the loss of, of not becoming a mum, my childlessness, to kind of see, hey, what else is out there? It's really helped me to kind of live life moving forward. Yeah, no, it's really beautifully put. I think like that, you know, you talk a lot, you've spoken before actually in the previous episode about rituals. And I've seen I've seen that and I've looked on that with interest because that's something that I don't do. But you know, when you say that, you know, tending to that garden and it is yeah. a daily for me, things that have shifted for me. Um, and I am terrible because I say, you know, journal and I don't always be I'm not always consistent with that, but I do yeah. believe that that works. Mm. Um gratitude, you know, like gratitude for me, and I think gratitude can be banded around quite easily, but gratitude was game changing. Like there have been times when I felt so down, but then actually when I start to think of what I'm grateful for, I actually can't feel those same emotions in that space. So gratitude mm. has been massive for me. But also, I think what I've allowed myself to do more of is track the progress and celebrate the wins. You know, and I love wins, that. Yeah. Those wins could be small wins, can't they? Mm. We don't have to do anything massive. I mean, no. we don't have to reinvent something or become this amazing person with all these great, you know, we don't, we just have to celebrate our own wins and recognize what they are you know and even if that is just getting through the day and and not crying or getting through the day and having having just done something off your personal list because we've both spoken previously about you know how you know we work so hard and we should maybe yeah. tend to ourselves and our own mm. fitness and health and put that as a priority yeah um and it's a work in progress still isn't it so I think yeah. what what I really wanted to get from this episode is that one there's massive hope outside past the grief process you know we've mm. both transcended that and we are here but again you know real life is the fact that you have to work at it it's uh it's like going to the gym and, and working your muscles isn't it you have to yeah. work your mind muscle you have to work that happiness muscle and I do think rituals habits journaling gratitude recognizing those wins on a daily basis is powerful and when I don't do that I notice that yeah yeah i i Thank you for bringing that up. And I can also imagine anybody listening now to both of us kind of like, you know, in, in talking from the place where we are finding ourselves, uh, I, I can genuinely say I'm I'm living a happy life. I, I, I can honestly say that. Um, but the reason why I can say that I'm genuinely living a happy life is that I am very much aware that I um, that the grief is is part of that and that it's okay that, that my griefy moments are very much a part of me um, and that when I feel them that it doesn't mean that I'm stepping back or that my life is unhappy but that but that you know such is life it, it 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 has the darker side it has the lighter side and so by embracing my shadow side as I call it I can also kind of you know um, feel the lighter side um, even better as well and I love that you just mentioned as well that it's it requires those small steps. And for anybody who's listening to this, think like, well, you know, I haven't done any of what they're talking about. That's also fine. Eh? But mm. what I 
really appreciate in you, Helen, is that you just said, you know, celebrate even those small wins. If you've been out for a walk, even though you don't feel like facing up to see anybody, but you've gone for a walk, you've got some fresh air, you sat in the sunshine for five minutes, you, I don't know, you've cooked yourself a wholesome meal, you've you joined an online yoga class or you you, you meditated for even if it was just for a minute, you know, um, uh, however, whatever it looks like, um, that already is something to kind of feel a sense of accomplishment for because that over time that's what grows and that's that inner garden that you just mentioned I mentioned but you meant touch upon as well Mm -hmm. and I do believe that by holding ourselves with it with with that sense of pride with again we talked about it in the first episode already the importance of self-compassion not letting those inner critical voices take over but really just kind of like speak from um, speak to ourselves from a place of appreciation for who we are and for how far we've come and that we are worthy, that we have um, a right to be part of what we are part of. And I, yeah, I just, I just love that you touch upon that. How would you, how would you though, just out of curiosity, Helen, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but you (laughs) you know me a little bit by now, but um, I was guilty of this. I went so often, I went into overthinking Mm. um to kind of just stop feeling because as um and, and i don't know what was that like for you and how would you how would you or what would you say to someone who is who is prone to kind of overthinking but when they're kind of in that in the in this when they've landed in this kind of area where you and i are now like if they've done the heart grief work they've they've come to a point of kind of like acceptance or kind of acknowledging like okay this is part of me how would you how would you or what would you advise them to kind of stop the overthinking and just kind of go with those with the feeling flow I would say well if you ask anybody who's close to me you'll know that I've never learned that (laughs) if I overthink Mm. no I am an overthinker but I know I think how I would how I've learned to stop overthinking which is a massive um something which I like I've always done all my life. I'm a worrier and I overthink. And what stopped me is actually just being in the present, mm. you know? So so being present in now, in the moment. Yeah. Because, you know, and, and it's going to lead on to something I was going to ask you actually. So, because one thing I really struggle with is letting go. So okay. I, and this is one of the biggest things that stopped me healing. It wasn't necessarily letting go of the dream of motherhood. It was letting go of my marriage, letting go of my husband, letting go mm. of my friends that didn't get me, you know, and that mm. held me back for years. Actually yeah. held me back. Letting go of my uh, guilt, of my regrets, of my, just letting go of all of that. So letting go yeah. is one thing. And I was very much in the past that when you're worrying about that sort of thing, you're in the past. Yeah. And then I was worrying at the same time about what will happen to me when I'm older? You know, who will look after me? You know, what will I be in life? You know, where will I get certain things that I believed would come from a family? And again, I was in the future, which doesn't exist. And I was putting so much time there. So I was never in the moment. And mm. so the overthinking was in these two places. Yeah. And the only time I got the calmness was when I just sat in the present. And the one thing I've learned in the last few years, and from the traveling and from changing my whole life, getting out of corporate business and and doing this, is is literally appreciating small things. Like, you know, I've been to some amazing places around the world in the last two years, but it's not, it's just the small things. It's the sunsets, the sunrises, the beautiful flowers, the people, like the culture, you know, all these things which I took for granted, I really, really appreciate now. And so overthinking, I just try and sit in the, stay in the present moment. Mm. And whatever I'm doing, give myself fully to that. So if I'm reading a book, 
I'm reading it and I'm not with distractions. You know, if I'm talking to a friend, I'm fully present with that conversation. It's a little bit like putting your worries on a shelf. Mm. They're going to be there. Yeah. But if I'm holding them all the time, it's stopping me from enjoying what is literally around me in the present time. And so in answer to that question, it would be just being in the present. Mm. But one thing I really wanted to talk to you about, actually, and it's a little bit of self-therapy, so thank you very much for the free therapy. um, (laughs) You're welcome. Because, okay, so you talk about this garden, which I love the analogy, I love it. Mm. But life for me now, so the childlessness is there, but it's not always in my mind. It doesn't always trigger me, but life triggers me, you know? And so you've got this garden that you've tended, so you've gone through the grief, you've accepted, you're building your garden, growing the flowers, and then from left field, a storm hits. Yeah. yeah, and it just kills your flowers. It tr- it's absolutely, you know, swamps your field. And this isn't necessarily childlessness. This is something, it's a storm. It could be anything because this mm. happens all the time, you know, disappointments yeah. in life, change, big changes in either jobs or relationships, friends coming in and out of your life, which has happened to me. A couple of friends I've lost along the way have, have devastated me, you know, mm. really, really saddened me. How when we're in this stage of our life where we've been through all of that and started to rebuild our garden again, how do we stop going right back to square one when the storm hits? Wow. Gosh. Um, I think that question in itself deserves a whole episode, but I'll, I'll try and answer it um, from my personal experience here because I, I this is different for everybody, of course, here, because, of course, you know, what could be perceived as a major storm for you in your garden, um, for me, could just be like, oh, you know, it's just, it was just a bit windy. Um, yeah. <laughs> or, or, you know, you call that a storm? You know, I, I went out dancing in that, you know. It's, and so it's, it's different for each individual. However, I completely get what you're, what you're trying to say. And of course, yeah, it's it requires persistence. It requires practice. We already talked about that. It requires also, and for me, it comes back to, again, to the word kind of almost like acceptance. You know, there will always be events in life that will throw us off guard. Um, and for me, it was, you know, I've, I've had, um, from a young age, I've, I've life has thrown quite a few curveballs at me. Um, you know, there was stuff with my parents. Um, I, I moved out of my, my parents' home when I was very young. You know, I don't think I should have left uh, home when I did, but I was, you know, I was literally just a kid when I when I did. So I had to grow up quickly. And but of course, you know, that was, you know, I was 16, 17 at the time. And then life happens, breakups, uh, you lose friendship. Like you said, you lose friendship, you lose jobs. And I truly believe that how we deal with that and how we not let ourselves be defeated by the fact that another storm has blown over a plant or has blown over a tree and stuff like that. Um, because I believe that over time, nature, my garden will recover. And if something is blown out of it, it probably didn't have a place for it. It probably didn't have a space for it in the first place. And I know this sounds a very philosophical, new agey kind of vague, perhaps even. And I don't want to sound like um, I've just smoked something or just drank a glass of wine. <laughs> um, that's not what I've done. I'm, I'm perfectly coherent. But at the same time, it's just like, but I do believe in that because that, and, and I think for me, I have to believe also in that because if I didn't, I don't think I would have gone out, gotten out of bed on many many of occasions. I think I would have just pulled the covers over my head and like, I've had enough. I can't do this anymore. And of course, there are people who do reach that point uh, mm-hmm. when they've gone through grief, when they've 
dealt with adversity in life. They they hit a, a moment where it's like, I, I, just, I just can't do this again. I can't be dealing with this again. If you do find yourself in that space for any of any, any of one of who's listening, if you do find yourself at that point in life, please do seek professional help. Uh, reach out to your GP, get psychological help, um, you know, because you might be slipping into a, um, a, a depression uh, where where your mental health needs more care than just listening to our, to our podcast. Mm. So as safety first. So if you do feel that you are in that space at this moment in time, please do seek help. You don't have to go through this alone. But at the same time, I've had days where I just allowed myself duvet days, as I call them, just to go and hide mm-hmm. on a duvet, stuff my face full of full of popcorn, um, binge watch Netflix, and you know, um, and just just kind of like I didn't want to interact with the outside world because there was a storm raging, and I didn't want to deal with looking mm-hmm. at the damage the storm had caused, and I didn't want to go back, you know, tending to the garden uh, to kind of stay with that metaphor. So. I think, again, also with what you just said about staying in the moment and be present as much as possible, because you can't influence the past and you can't influence the future. If you, I often use it in my practice as well, is the circle of control. So what is in your control and what is outside of your control? So in your control um, is the present. The past and the future are literally, if you were to draw a circle, what's in your control, um, some of the other things are in there is your thoughts, how you respond to other people, your actions, um, how you speak to yourself and how you respond to um, to how others speak to you. And so that's what you have control over. And also the present, what's happening in the now, that's what you can control. What you can't control is how others respond to you or how other people act or how other people um, perceive your actions. But also in that list is the past and the future because you can't control those. So for me, knowing that helps me to can walk outside into my garden and look at it after the storm and go like, oh crap, I really like that tree or I really like that flower. Okay, well, you know, and then also sometimes I actually hold a little ritual, a real life example. Um, I, I love my garden. We have a lovely garden and my peach tree got ill. Um, it had a, it had a fungus and um, it gave us peaches uh, for a lot of years and then it had a fungus and it died. So we chopped it up. But what I did, instead of just chopping up and, and just dumping the stumps and stuff like that, I then did a letting go ritual with the wood of the peach tree. So I dried out the wood I and I, I put it, I put it in my fire burner in the garden and then I just wrote some stuff that I wanted to let go. I quite often use this as a little ritual. Um, spoiler alert, here comes a little Karen ritual for those who are listening. Um, that I sometimes sit down and I just grab a stack of post-it notes or even just a piece of paper um, and just write stuff I would like to I'd like to get rid of in my life. You know, I would like to, you know, stop having negative thoughts about my body or having negative thoughts about something, or I want to stop working on a specific assignment or project, or even if I've had a really shitty, intense day, or not shitty, but intense day at work, and I need to need to kind of let go of certain mm. emotions or certain feelings that are sitting in me. I write them down and I then I then I, I lit the fire. I used in this case, I used the wood of our peach tree and I just did a little ritual and I burned those pieces of paper. I I, I tend to sing a song or I do do little little movement and I just sit there and I could just watch those flames for like an hour. And it's so healing. It's so cathartic. Mm-hmm. So I then I tend to use what the storm gives me to kind of create a, a ritual around a, a letting go ritual um, instead of just kind of dismissing it. So again, also there, be mindful of what 
that storm is giving you. Um, your field might be flooded, but it might actually then, um, you know, rejuvenate the ground or, you know, um, um, help bring wildlife back, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so it's... Um, um, gosh, really I've got off a bit of a tangent there. I do apologise, but... Um, no, because uh, I think, like, you know, it's about, um, you know, I asked you about the storm and and that's your way of managing your feelings, emotions and letting go. And it's that's what's so important. And that's what, you know, five years ago for me, I would have been absolutely stumped when mm. something else happened. It would just knock, knock me down. I couldn't get back up again. Yeah. And I think, like, really what I've learned about myself is to trust yourself I know I I have been stronger than I ever thought possible you know so when something hits me again I can respond in that same way and I've built up and this is what I use in my coaching is through certain processes and rituals and habits because it is about habits isn't it forming yeah. habits forming habits absolutely absolutely change your experience of each day yeah having consistency with those habits you know yeah working with um, your interpretation of events and how else you can reframe potentially certain things but mm. to be for your own being your own well-being you know if somebody I guess like for me letting go of when somebody hurts your feelings you know like I tend to harbor it and I take it on board and I take so many things very personally just letting go and easing up on yourself a little bit and yeah. being kinder to yourself yeah. Not being as harsh or as intense. I think I, I am intense. Um, but learning to try and not be as intense, I think, has really helped me. And I think these are the things that just have helped me live now, you know, a just freer, happier, more content existence because I yeah. do overthink. You know, it's a great point mm. if you actually ask me that question. It's hilarious because if I would put anything on my list of weaknesses, overthinking is absolutely up there at the top. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, um, man maintaining this sort of like, um, being happier and more content in life is difficult, isn't it? So it is. It I would absolutely express like the need for consistent action which suits you. That's right yeah. for you. you no, know, it's different yeah. for you. I don't do rituals, you know, but I love the idea of them. Everything you say, but you know, you have your way and I have my way, and there's so many mm. different ways. And it's about finding what's right for you, isn't it? Absolutely, and you know what I what I love about happiness as a concept, as a, as a as a feeling, as an emotion, as a word almost, is that happiness actually it it has the ability to multiply, and also to enhance those finer mental qualities that make life beautiful. I think so, like being able to love yourself and other people, or being able to see more perspectives than just your own. Eh? Because I believe that at its at its core, happiness is actually all about accepting reality. And for me, it was about appreciating uh, being in the moment without getting lost in craving more, if that makes sense. Yeah. I know that if I crave more in the present moment than, than what I'm currently given, if I keep looking for more, 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 if only I had, if only this, if only yeah. that, once this is in place, I can then do that. Or once, once I'm there, I'll then do this. I've really had to teach myself to stop doing that and to actually say, you know what, but if this is what I can enjoy and what I can derive happiness from at this moment in time, nothing else matters from to, in, in, to that extent. And of course, yes, the bigger existential things in life, uh, of course, uh, you have to maybe have to have a plan in place to work towards a goal or towards, i just been on holiday. I had to work really hard to be able to afford my holiday. Yeah? So it, joys of being self-employed uh, so you know but th but those but even just knowing that i could 
kind of treat myself to that gave me already a sense of happiness while I was still working before actually leaving on holiday. So for me, is again, what I said is to appreciate being in the moment without getting lost in craving more. I truly do believe that that is what helps me to have more peace of mind and to keep reminding myself of that because life will always throw us curveballs. Grief can trigger grief. Eh? We also we, we that's something also yeah. that's very very well known. Something completely different can happen in our lives. Losing a job or losing a, a, a different dream. Eh? It happened to me that I was working on something and um, you know it went a completely different path outside of my of beyond my control. And so that really triggered a grief, and that also triggered my grief of childlessness. It triggered grief of illness. It triggered grief of loss of identity and stuff like that. But being able to recognize that what I was feeling in that moment was actual grief, mm. I was able to apply everything I'd learned in my grief journey also to that moment in time where I was like, okay, I'm really hurting right now. I need I need to get support. I need to tap into my support network. I need to tap into my helplines. I need to be really gentle with myself. I need to allow myself time and space. So that is – so again – not craving more, but actually realizing, okay, but this is what I need in this moment. That's what's been really, what's been really helpful for me. Well, thank you so much for, mm. I mean, like you are, you are inspirational. Um, oh, thank you, darling. You are, you absolutely are. Everything that you do, and that's why I was so keen to do this, um, this three-part <laughs> series. I mean, this is my first three-part series. Yay! I'm so, so proud to be part of that. Oh, I'm absolutely loving it, and I think, um, you know, enjoying the journey isn't it I mean like literally wanting to get somewhere happiness isn't a destination is it like for me it's learn it's learning to enjoy the journey along the way because we don't know yeah. where we're really going but yeah. if we can enjoy that journey that's that's just essential um so literally I look could talk to you for hours days mm. <laughs> um but just to finish off yeah I mean, what would you say to the listeners I don't know three best ways to access happiness now okay number one is yeah. to that it's not fulfilling every pleasure or getting every outcome you desire that for me having that in so firmly ingrained in my head that even though i'm on this journey of discovery not everything will give me a sense of fulfillment not everything that i discover and that's okay another thing is that how to access happiness right now um be your own best cheerleader with that i mean because when you are courageous you speak out and that's what this is what i've learned when i started talking about my journey in public um, mm. when i speak out um when i talk about uh, my cancer journey my childless journey being on podcast with you like this and stuff um don't expect everybody to cheer you on mm. because not everybody will understand why you do what you do as long as you know yourself what motivates you and drives you uh, as long as you can lead, cheerlead yourself on and cheer yourself on and, and feel proud of what you do that for me gives me happiness gives me a sense of happiness so that's mm -hmm. that that's another one and oh gosh you're not the third one to access happiness right now um well you've said it and i've said it as well it's, it's to you know kind of tend to your garden be how do i say that be be brave enough to Kind of also say, hey, I'm not sure if this is a weed or a flower. Pull it out anyway. Create space for what you want to put in there. I love that. That's brilliant. Mm. You just thought we'd be green fingered. <laughs> 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 I'm loving the flower. I'm going to get out there and sort my garden out. <laughs> Pulling out those plants. Thank you so much. I can, I'm, I'm just totally, I'm just totally envisioning us on Gardeners World right now. <laughs> Don't go there. 
No, I won't go there. Anyway, um, it's been an absolute pleasure, Helen. Oh, oh thank you God, so thank much. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, Helen, thank you so much. And it's been such a pleasure. And I hope that everybody who listens uh, to this to these episodes, to this mini-series, um, feel free to reach out to either Helen or myself if you have any further questions. I am sure I can speak on both of our behalf. We would love to hear from you. Yeah, thank you again for, for everything. And thank you, Helen. Um, good luck with everything and stay happy. You too. Thank you very much. I've absolutely loved doing this mini-series with Karen. Karen is such a warm, kind-hearted and inspirational person. Her work in this community specialising in coping with grief is invaluable. Check out more about Karen on Instagram, underscore Pure Transformations or www.puretransformations.org. Thank you for listening to my Happy and Childless podcast. My aim is to help empower you to move forward and take steps towards a happy and fulfilling life without children. Please subscribe to my podcast to hear more great episodes. Check me out on Instagram and happyandchildless.co.uk.